Hello and welcome to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast where we talk about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. I'm Becky and there's Marie across Hi. the Zoom. Yep. How are you? I'm good. I'm You're good. a year older. Happy birthday. I am a year older. Yep. But your hair looks delightfully beautiful. Yes, not a, not a hint of gray. <laughs> not a hint of gray. Yeah. Um, what are you fearing today? Halloween is coming up and all my Halloween fears are coming to the surface. And I'm just thinking, I've really only got one more year if COVID clears up of like excuses to get out of like all these holiday activities. Because <laughs> right now- Excuses to get out of holiday activities? Totally. <laughs> the, the great thing about COVID is I'm not obligated to hug people and I can get out of any activity by just claiming fear of COVID. You really hate hugging that much? I love hugging. Hugging. So I hate cool. hugging. I hate it. Yeah. I'll hug you. I mean, there's well, some people. I know, but you hate hugging me? No, no, no. I know you. And we're You're just talking about when you meet, you greet people at a party that you've only met a few times, you have to hug them. Yeah, it just gets weird. It gets awkward. And some people like to excessively hug too. Like when I hang out with you, we don't hug all the time. No, we hung hello and we hug goodbye. I think that's yeah, what's totally right, right? Fine. No, that's totally that's fine. A, that is the exact right amount of hugging. Yes. Thank you. And I'm comfortable <laughs> with you too. It's like if I get uncomfortable during a, a period of hugging, some bad things can happen, like elbowing somebody in the face. I mean, all sorts of, it just gets very weird and awkward. I mean, one time uh, I, somebody was trying to kiss me, like, you know, in LA, people do the cheek kiss thing. And I, I was trying to kiss forever because of COVID. That should <laughs> never fucking come back. Yeah. And I was trying, yeah. I made a wrong move and we ended up kissing on the lips. <laughs> yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I Lord. hate Halloween parties. I hate meeting new people. I don't like, so there's all these like Halloween things, you know, we, t I told you like dressing up. I don't like that. Although I am now tempted to dress up as a sexy cockroach or a sexy poop, but. Oh, okay. You do that and I'll be a sexy tampon. <laughs> tampon. Remember that? Right. <laughs> if you have not oh. listened to that, that is last week's episode because we are doing two. <laughs> yes, two Halloween shows leading up to All Hallows Eve. And you know what else I'm doing, Marie? What are you doing? I am recording and I will release it on Halloween day as an extra bonus episode where I am reading creepy stories that I found online, but I'm going to read some creepy stories for a little miniature nice. episode. You're going I've already to... recorded a few of them and, and they're pretty creepy. <laughs> so oh, look for that on Halloween. Great <laughs> idea. This episode comes out two days before Halloween and I will release this one like the night before Halloween so you can have it waiting for you on Halloween morning like Halloween is the new Christmas I don't know the lighting in my closet is pretty scary too it's ca casting some very scary shadows on my face glasses so. <laughs> I think there's some really creepy like Hitchcock shadows being casted by my glasses casted I'm like um yeah so that's what I'm fearing. I'm just fearing that this is going to be my last Halloween that I can get out of social activities. It is. COVID. Yeah. Oh, you should fear that. Because <laughs> it's over. It's... We're not going to be able to do this forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So what are you fearing today, Becky? 
Well, since you asked, I'm glad you asked. It was very, it felt very organic. It was inorganic. <laughs> it was very organic. <laughs> Thank you for asking what I'm fearing today. It just so happened that I have a recent fear. I am fearing Halloween and fall related decor. Really? That's very specific. Very specific. Now. I don't know if you're a throw pillow person. I like me a throw pillow or two or eight or 12, um, but some people go way over the top with the throw pillows. I like to just gather them around me and cushion every corner of my elbows and body and neck and everything, right? In the bed or on the couch? On the couch. Okay. Um, especially just, I like to watch TV just, um, and so I don't know if you have this type of thing in LA, but some people do throw pillows for each season and mm -hmm. they'll do Easter season and they'll do so it's summer and then they'll have a pillow there's one in texas i've seen it all over the place it says it's fall y'all with little leaves on it you know Brown. okay yeah and that's really funny because here in dallas fall happens for like a day and a half you know like mm. that's it it's either boiling hot or it turns ridiculously icy or Wait, something so this, this fall y'all thing is like a big deal right now lots of people have it i've seen it multiple places and a guy on the radio the ticket is the radio station i listen to here in dallas there's a guy on the radio who's always making these, he doesn't make fun of his wife. It's just funny, like joking about how many throw pillows she has. Mm -hmm. And so he had a little project where he counted every throw pillow in the house and on the porch. I think he had like three or four dozen that he counted total of all the throw pillows in the house. And one of them, he said, it says, it's fall, y'all. And I'm like, I've seen that in like different stores and whatever. Anyway, as it is Halloween month, and this show is two days before Halloween, I'm fearing some Halloween decor in particular. Okay. Now, how about you and decorations? Do you do like a jack-o'-lantern or anything like that? I do nothing. You do nothing? Yeah. I do literally nothing. For any holiday or just No, no, Halloween? I decorate for Christmas. I decorate okay. for Christmas. But, but like, it's very classic, very simple, easy to assemble, easy to disassemble. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I have some friends that live on the street that's famous for their Halloween decorations and the oh neighbors all compete with each other. And like, there's some people on the street that have Disney park quality decorations. Wow. Like I'd I have to look that up. Yeah, I think the people that own the house, one of the houses, the guy was a Disney Imagineer. And so he's got animatronic puppets and everything. And nice. so people from all different neighborhoods just come to this street and trick-or-treat oh, yeah. okay. when my friends moved there they're like well crap we have to decorate now too so me and a couple of girlfriends went to this thing called ScareCon. have you ever heard of this i assume it's related to comic con like uh not related it's, to it's basically idea. for horror fans and mm -hmm. particular people yeah. who decorate for halloween we went to it thinking oh man we're gonna trick the house out and all this and we got there it's like holy moly, people dedicate their whole year to planning yeah. out their Halloween decorations. And they, yeah. they do laser light shows. And I mean, it's elaborate. I'm like, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on your own. It sounds really expensive too. Like, oh really yeah, really expensive. You can buy this kit that will project like dancing ghosts on your house and you can time the ghosts and have them like oh, wow. sing a song. Plus, can you imagine what your neighbors would think if you had like this laser light show on your house every night? Leading, yeah. Up let's talk about what neighbors think. 
because <laughs> where my where my stories begin today on Halloween decor actually doesn't happen on Halloween. We're gonna back up to January of 2003. So, um, and this happened in Kent County, Michigan. And there's a 17 year old boy named John Ceasling. Have you ever heard of him? No. And he committed a terrible, horrific crime. 17 year old kid murdered his entire family. He started by striking his mother, Sharon Ceasling, with a baseball bat. Then he stabbed her in the neck. Then he went after his 15 year old sister, Caitlin, beating and stabbing her to death. And then you know what he did? He stabbed his six-year-old sister, Leah, to death. Wow. Yeah. Homeboy is sentenced as a quote-unquote juvenile to juvenile life in prison, which apparently in Michigan essentially means that once you're an adult, then it's revisited whether or not you get another life sentence as an adult. So it's not an automatic for the rest of your life. It gets revisited, which I think makes sense. Like, let's look at the crime, look at what happened and why it happened. She murdered your entire fucking family, including a six-year-old. I don't think you're getting out of prison. So that was in 2003. So we're almost, almost 20 years later, right? Right. So people who live in that house now put up a Halloween display. Okay. Related to this murder. That's wrong. That is wrong. That's not where I thought you were going with the story, actually. (laughs) Where did you think I was going? Um... Where I thought you were going was that you were going to say, and then you know what he did after he killed this sister? And I'd be like, no, he didn't decorate his house with this dead family. Oh, That's what I thought you oh were going to say. <laughs> hey, I mean. <laughs> Will you hold that thought? Because I'm going to come back to that. Okay. I'm come back to that. All right. Okay. So, so, the, people so the neighbors decorated home. based on that murder. Or the new people that moved into the home did that? Well, apparently, okay, let me tell you what the decor looks like. Okay. It has since been taken down because they did this this year. It just happened just in the last few weeks. So apparently the display included three gravestones surrounded by police tape, mm-hmm. an evidence marker next to, Marie, a fucking baseball bat, right? <laughs> and then silhouettes on the front door with help us scroll and what was supposed to look like blood, but it was like red paint or something that was dripping down to look like dripping blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the capper for me is um, someone apparently dipped their hands in the paint and put up bloody handprints on the front glass door to the home. Um, this is all according to the New York Post, by the way, but I found so many articles. This is one of the ones that made kind of international news where people were like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are we doing here? And they have since taken it down. But here's the part that I find so weird. The woman who owns the house, her family, it's like one of her family homes, like where they rented it out or something. And she was friends with the woman who was murdered and that entire family. She knew them 20 years ago. And they lived, and the murdered family lived in this house. Yes, this is the murder house. So if you think about like, if you do a tour of Dallas, everybody always wants to go where JFK was murdered, right? Everyone wants to go down to Dealey Plaza. They want to see the book depository. They want to see Parkland Hospital, that route. Same kind of idea. So in this town, apparently people drive by and they point at that house and they honk and they say things and they yell things. And so 
the woman who lives there, she basically said, I'm tired of people yelling at my house. So I decided to go ahead and just put this up to say, you know, all right, y'all, here's your display or something like that. So that's her explanation. And in her way, she's trying to claim that she was honoring them by, (laughs) she literally said that, like, this is part of that, you know, she misses them or loves them and grieves them or whatever. And so she put up bloody hand. You know what? If you are murdered in a grisly way, Marie, I will not honor you with bloody handprints. Will you, and... will you honor me with having a bust of my decapitated head hanging from your door? <laughs> you can like stuff it with candy for the trick-or-treaters so you don't have to answer the door. See, that's better. That's at least classy. People right. actually get candy from that, right? Right. That's, that's giving something back. And to it's the clever. And it's clever too, right? Like Yes, it's unexpected and clever. I will do a bust of your decapitated head for Halloween. (laughs) I mean, like, I think with some of this stuff, it doesn't sound like it was a joke. It sounds like she's just got... She's claiming it was not, that it was something that she was doing that she felt was a positive... Well, first of all, she has bad judgment, clearly. (laughs) But (laughs) it was your understatement of the day. Right, right. Like, I feel like with certain things cleverness erases insensitivity so like for instance with the I agree com- sometimes it does yes. yeah so like with a comedian for instance yes there's something deeper going on in the message and if it's funny but then if a comedian just like starts slurring people and it's not funny then it's just racism or sexism yes. or whatever else yes but I feel like it's the same way with this Halloween decoration stuff right like if it's clever and ironic and interesting or unique then you can forgive the fact that it might be gory or over the top. But if it's just an awful spectacle, like if you have like it's zombies- an awful spectacle that quite literally mirrors a real family annihilation yeah. by a 17 year old child. I mean, that is to me so far beyond. But this like, is like, this is like going on the Jeffrey Dahmer walk or all that other murderabilia stuff, right? We've become insensitive to reality like so my grandma used to watch general hospital she called it her stories she would get autographs from like jack wagner and different people in the mail she really thought she had a relationship with those people and i remember some of the stars from the show all my children who was that one from all my children that was so always got nominated susan lucci susan lucci I remember hearing an interview with her once where people would come up to her on airplanes and tell her they didn't like her haircut or they would just talk to her like she was an old friend. And so I think with all these people getting involved in true crime, that they start to become so familiar with the details of the crime and the victims and everyone involved that they actually feel like they're involved in some way or that they have some right to the story. Oh, I think so too. There's a book called Popular Crime that is a fabulous book. You should read it so we can talk about it on the show. Popular Crime. Get the book, Popular Crime. And he details all of these crimes dating back throughout the history of the United States and what impact that those horrific crimes had on law enforcement and the media. And so it's really, really interesting. But one of the things that he traced back is that people have always been like this. People have always been obsessed with true crime. This is not a new thing. Right. People have always shown up at murder scenes, taken their memorabilia from murder scenes. There was a New York double murder in a field under a tree. And the police back in the day, this was, you know, a hundred and something years ago, they didn't know how to cordon things off or preserve anything. And so people just started trampling all over it like the next morning. 
and they had nothing left. People would take pieces of the tree and grass and bloody clothing. So yeah, it's always been true that people have had this obsession. But what I find about this particular case is that she knew this family. Right. What do you do with that? I mean, I love my friends and I think I love them enough to not do this to them if they were to be murdered in a horrific way in a home I own. Right. No? Yeah, I think so, so too. Okay, so I really would love to talk about this, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So I'm just going to keep it general. But you mentioned the Squid Game and you were like, I don't want to watch that, blah, blah, blah. And I was, when you watched said two it, episodes. You did watch two episodes? Yes, with my eyes closed mostly. So you but were it's like, really good. It's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I didn't even know what the Squid Game was. I'm so busy with work. I had no idea what it was. And James had mentioned it a couple of times. And now I just found out it's like the most popular show that's ever aired on the world, ever in the history of Netflix. So James, so I was like, Becky was complaining about the show. I want to watch it. So complaining. (laughs) You were saying, I haven't even seen it. You were like, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) I like to hear about something and complain about it like a fucking Karen. That's me. (laughs) It's all right. You're just a, you're just a, an entertainment Karen. Anyway, so it's hashtag entertainment Karen. Entertainment Karen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's harmless because you can't talk to the manager. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, go so, ahead. So, Squid Game. Squid Game. I just finished watching it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And you finished the whole series. Yeah, but I just put in a catheter and and just watch it, you sure. know, for for a day. Sure. But anyway, I loved it, and it relates in so many ways to what you're talking about because it it cuts everything down to the lowest common denominator of how people really are and and there are good people and bad people in the squid game not everyone is bad but when it comes down to it how much empathy do we really have for each other and i'm talking friend to friend i'm talking husband to wife i'm talking about all those intimate relationships generally are not tested in an extreme way. You know, I wonder how many men and women would be shocked to find out that if like a bear were coming or a wild animal, if their husband would just run away and leave them. for (laughs) Exactly. No, exactly. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that I would hope that I would not do, but you don't fucking know until you're in the moment. <laughs> right, right. But to that point, she may not see the problem with this because she just doesn't have the empathy and just doesn't see why it's uncool. Well, that's you know? something that's interesting that we could probably talk about for a while too, is living in a home where horrific murder has occurred if you knew the people or not, I imagine there's something that goes on there where you have people driving by your home all the time, or you are a stop on a grisly tour of your hometown or whatever. I think that's got to fuck with you too. You know, and maybe you do have to build up a certain amount of distance in your empathy levels towards that crime just to survive day to day when, you know, people are driving by. It's not like the Breaking Bad house where it's a show people love and they do a tour and they drive by and people who throw pizzas on the roof, not cool. Stop it. Don't do that anymore. People please stop the pizza thing. But that's not like, look at this house. Somebody, you know, three human beings lost their lives in a bloody way in that home, you know? Right. I don't know. Maybe it's got to do something to you psychologically. I don't know. I wouldn't mind living there other than I would have to 
if I knew the people who died, I probably couldn't live there. You know, I probably, that would be probably too much for me. But living in a murder house, I could maybe do a little bit of saging before I could possibly sleep really well, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not superstitious in that way, but I've mentioned this movie before. It's um, sinister. So Ethan Hawke is in it and he plays an author. Oh, I've seen that. That's good. Yeah. But as a writer, he buys a murder house that he's writing a book about a murder for. And <laughs> some people might think that's insensitive. So, I mean, there's like levels of sensitivity like that place in uh, Surfside, Florida that, that fell down. A lot of yeah. the victims, they don't want another condo built there. They want it to be a memorial to the family members. So like, obviously this woman breached sensitivity we we know where the edge of it is right <laughs> she took a long jump across that line yeah so there's a spectrum of, of insensitivity <laughs> and we know where the border is we know uh, where she lives yeah. yes but there's this whole space in between right where we can get very emotional about places and where people have died and stuff like that and and maybe not be rational about well, a lot of people invested in this building, so maybe a right. memorial is not going to work out, you know? Right, right, right. Um, I'm always, like, fascinated by how much people, like, we were just talking about how much people spend on the Halloween decorations. I'm interested in that, as in, why you put so much money into something when the reaction you get is not just from the people that you know, it's from everybody else who drives by. You know what I'm saying? It's perfect strangers get the entertainment and the laugh or the giggle or the whatever. And there's a lot of it that goes on. There's a study or a, some sort of a statistic that says, according to apartmenttherapy.com article that was really interesting about the history of Halloween, especially in this country, you know what? It's kind of like Santa. It's kind of like Christmas was started by Coca-Cola or whatever here, right? Was it Coca-Cola? Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah. There's a Denison paper company that, that kind of created what we know for Halloween, and they wanted you to buy Denison de decorations for Halloween um, back in like the, the 1920s. Um, but every year, the most recent numbers show that we in the U.S. spend $10 billion on Halloween decor every year. Isn't that crazy? It is, and in Burbank in particular, and I don't know, it's probably this way everywhere, but it just still shocks me. So there is a Halloween town store there. It is so popular year round. I have to say, it's probably open year round. That it's not only just that it's open year round. They had like half a block for the store, and now they've bought another store across the street. Really? So it's like a Halloween town warehouse. And Are people I, having like Halloween or costume parties for other reasons other than. I honestly, I don't know. There's like, it's also a theater, not a theater, a, a museum of the macabre that's in that neighborhood too. And it's always got a line out the door. So huh. I do think there's probably like a subculture. It's like the furries or something, you know, it's like a subculture of people that are yeah. always like cosplaying Halloween stuff. That's what it's got. Or that, or their ha Halloween celebration with their decorations and their party is so elaborate yeah. that they literally have to, it's like a job for them all year long. Uh, yeah. I do think there are people who, where that's their thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of Halloween stores. 
around here that open in the summertime and maybe they'll close right after Christmas or something like that, you know, but it's like, it's not just for Halloween anymore, you know? No. But, um, okay. So I have several other stories about Halloween decor and I want to just rattle off my sources really quickly and then just get to the stories. All right. Uh, Wickedhorror.com, The Guardian, LA Times, USA Today, Orlando Sentinel. I know the story. (laughs) What? I know the story you're about to tell. Go ahead. Oh, I've got like, I've got like four different stories, but there, I read about them in all these different places. So one of them, I'm going to start with right in my backyard here in Dallas, Texas, USA. Okay. Have you seen the pictures? If not, I'm going to say. I have. Yes, I've seen them. Okay. Yeah. So if, do you have them handy or should I send them to you and you can describe what you're looking at? They're looking at someone's home. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the front yard is kind of littered with really grotesquely dead bodies. There's one person, there's a steel or metal bench that's been pressed into the person's head and like blood is splattered across the porch. You've got a person on the roof with the machete in their head. Somebody, it looks like they've been trying to leave the house and a safe has been dropped on their head and their head that's is what I think it looks like, yeah. exploded. <laughs> Uh, you have a wheelbarrow filled with body parts and then a person with a chainsaw stuck in their back and then another person that's in a trash bag that's been duct taped. It's pretty realistic. Like there's- Describe that sidewalk. I, I mean, that sidewalk is like extraordinary. Like... It's like blood is just <laughs> shooting down the sidewalk. It's like cascading. It looks pretty realistic though. It's very shiny and- in fact, police have been called more than once to this location because when people drive by, if they don't know anything about it, people just lose their shit. I would too if you didn't know it looks, if you just glance, that is really terrifying. Like maybe you're looking at a mass murder or like somebody chased some home invaders out to his front yard and threw a safe on their head. You know, there's like, who knows? Like, but it looks really, really, really gory. The wheelbarrow with body parts is pretty over the top. I mean, like, how many people live in this house? <laughs> was, it a, was it a party? It could have been a Halloween party, Marie. I think, it I Halloween think party. what might be throwing people is the, the staging of it, like the stuff that's been turned upside down and whatnot. It does kind of look like a robbery or something. But... To me, this is like, if I drove by this, I would know it was a Halloween scene. But then there's the flip side of the psychology here, which is if it's like Halloween time and a lot of people are driving past a real murder scene and they're like, oh, it's Halloween. We're going to get to that. Okay. (laughs) But what I want you to think about is what you just described as in we're looking at it in daylight. What if it's like 10 o'clock at night? You're the pizza delivery guy and you roll up to the front of this house. <laughs> I would be creeped out just at nighttime going, what, am, what in the fuck am I looking at? And if y'all haven't seen this, the guy who did it, you can look it up. His name is Steven Novak and he's got some pictures on Twitter, but you can find it in all kinds of articles. He's been doing it for a few years. And um, he says this, and I love this line. At the time of the article, he was 42 years old. He says, I'm very immature for my age. I'm like, that's going to be my new t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. We should, <laughs> we should get t-shirts and say, I'm very immature for my age. Now fear this with Becky and Marie. We're very immature for our age. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it. Okay, so here's another story. Let's continue in Tennessee. There are some 911 calls because there's a picture of a dude who's trapped under a garage door and looks like his body is torn in half. And there are red handprints that are all over the door. And when the police came out there, they, of course, were like, can y'all stop calling us? So they posted on their Facebook page. It said, do not call 911 reporting a dead body at this address. Instead, congratulate the homeowner on a great display. (laughs) I mean, I think that's really like clever and creative, especially if nobody actually died in your home. Right. That's kind of clever, you know? Yeah. But to have the police called on you, that'd be pretty cool. Like I said, I'm pretty used to it out here because these friends of mine live on the street and everybody, I mean, it's pretty elaborate. Somebody did a walking dead display where, I mean, it was completely horrific what, what was going on in the front yard. And I wonder- Like the zombies had killed a bunch of people or- Yeah, there zombies, zombies had killed people. No there were zombies. Um, you know what I don't find scary? Zombies. Summer. Other than that one Brad Pitt movie, something Z. World War Z. Was that the zombie movie with the, yeah, they're climbing really fast? Yep. Yep. That was terrifying. Berserker zombies. You don't like slow moving zombies. No, like most of the time zombies don't interest me. Netflix just came out with a series during COVID called Black Summer and it's absolutely riveting. Oh, I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. That's it. I'm going to watch it tonight because I'm almost done with the maid. So anyway, um, so here's something that goes back to what you just said a second ago because what and this is kind of why I wanted to do this show on fearing Halloween decor because does Halloween decor desensitize us to noticing around the time of Halloween things that are really really wrong okay okay and that it turns out it's not decor and that there's a problem that somebody is really hurt or dead or you know, dying. And there's a recent one where a murdered woman was discovered this week hanging from a chain link fence in Ohio. But people ignored her because they assumed it had to do with Halloween, either a prank or Halloween decor. So her name was Rebecca Cade and she was beaten and was trying to run away from her attacker. But when she climbed the fence, her sleeve apparently got caught up in the, those barbs, you know, on the top of the thing. And she died there dangling from that fence, one of the detectives said. So they believe, and this is according to people.com, that she was beaten. They found a rock in the field near her where she was found um, and that she made it 150 yards away, running away from her attacker. But then when she got caught, she bled to death. And so um, they're saying that the death technically was caused by blunt force trauma to the back of her head and neck. And then there was a blood covered rock at the scene of the crime. And what happened over the next little amount of time, I don't know the exact amount of time, was it a few hours, was it whatever, but it was daylight and people did see her and people saw that her body was on this fence, but they didn't really get what they were seeing and it took a while for people to actually call 911. And it was even in the middle of this neighborhood and people were walking by with their kids, going to school, looking over saying, oh, look, look at the Halloween decoration. Isn't that awful? Oh, wow. Hmm. Isn't that just awful? Yeah. So 
I think it's something to say, well, we can enjoy looking at that guy, you know, who has those dead bodies and somebody on his yard and all the blood and things and haha. And I don't know, does it speak to something bigger? Because we are doing a true crime comedy show and it's not like we invented the genre. There's a lot of us out here who do this, but we are talking about true crime and things that happen to real people. And I think we do treat people with respect, the survivors or the victims of these crimes. But there is a lot of talk around true crime these days on so many different media that, I don't know, I mean, is there something that we need to address, you know, that maybe it does desensitize us or I don't know, what do you think? I think that we're all a mixed bag of duality. And I think that death is the other side of of life and it fascinates us and it's like you said this kind of stuff's been around forever the celebration of death um i think now, that, oh, sorry go ahead no no i, th- I think that halloween because i i found some examples of people who used it's kind of like the pixie sticks dad we talked about last week who've used the opportunity to dress up in halloween costumes to blend in to commit murders I don't necessarily want to go off topic. I just want to say that I think that Halloween can be one of those times of the year that can mask where you could mask a crime. So any other time of the year, if the woman was hanging from the fence, people would have stopped and done something, right? Or if there's somebody going around in a Jason outfit with a chainsaw, people look twice, but on Halloween, they don't. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I don't think Halloween, gruesome Halloween decorations are a sign of us being and ins- becoming insensitive as a culture. But like, think about this, because we have an outlet for our obsession with death, hum- all human beings have it, right? Yeah. We don't have Coliseum games anymore. We don't have the squid games. We don't have the hunger games. And that used to be a thing. Historically, people would go and watch executions. Like they, I've read articles where, where like, Someone's like, I've got a, I've got a date this weekend and I'm going to take him to go see this person getting drawn and quartered. Like that was like somebody's idea of a date. They like brought a picnic. So we don't do that anymore. So I think we've progressed as a culture, as a, a race or as a species, whatever you want to call us as human beings, human race. Yeah. Okay. Human race. Thank you. We have progressed that we found this like simulated alternative if you will so people go on xbox and murder people instead of going to the coliseum right so this is an outlet for people and you know i'd rather have that than an actual purge at halloween you know (laughs) (laughs) have you watched any of the stephen king series um with julianne moore lisey's game lisey's tale lisey's life story i don't know lisey something julianne moore elsa and i just watched two episodes today um (laughs) so good and i had to just say we got to stop because i got to record this it was really it's really good but she said you think about people who write things like stephen king who come up with the worst most fucked up shit they can think of to write you know what does it say about them and i i think there's something this what stephen king has once said speaks to what you just said which is if i didn't write about it i'd probably be out there doing it and so this this us reading about it or talking about it or watching Dateline all that we can or reading murder books, fiction or true crime. Maybe that's the outlet that we don't get where our brains go to a place where it seems like it's, you know, 
Hmm, yeah, murder sounds like a good idea. And also, there's a thing. Okay, there's a movie that got it was so slow I almost fell asleep. But um, it's called Censor. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It's got people you go where you recognize them, but you can't really place them. It's on, I think, Hulu, I think. Hulu or Netflix. And it's about a woman who works for an organization that decides what movies get released and what needs to be cut before they're released to the public in the 80s in Britain. Mm-hmm. It's fiction. She's one of this panel of people that says this movie can go out or it can't. Because it's so gruesome. If there's disgusting, violent rapes and just people's blood spewing everywhere. Well, apparently in the movie, at the beginning of the movie, and I'm not giving anything away because I don't know what happens because I got bored. But there's a movie that she and her other panelists approved where a man like cut off his wife's head and ate her face. And then a man out in real life in Britain cut off his wife's head and ate her face. And so then the the whole public is all like freaking out saying it's y'all's fault, but you released this movie that should never have been released, you know. And I know we could go down a whole rabbit hole of people blaming ACDC the way they did it for kids taking their lives by suicide in the 80s, the way that, you know, lawsuits and stuff over... Or like um, any given Sunday. Do you remember that controversy? Yeah. Um, So that's a whole other thing. But it's still like, what's the connection between observing violence or um, participating in it in a first-person video game, first-person shooter video game? Is there a connection to real-life violence? And people love to say there is. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of people I know play first-person video games and they don't fucking kill people. Yeah. Yeah. We watch a lot of horror films and a lot of really twisted films. And I'm like, okay, you've watched a bunch of movies with murder and rape in it. Has it ever made you want to do a murder or a rape? And he's like, no. And I'm like, me either. I've exactly. never wanted to do a murder or a rape. So I've never wanted to do anything violent to anybody. So I think it's more- Wanted to do violence to the Karen who fucked me over the other day. <laughs> Look, I think it's a simplistic way of thinking. It's like, all sorts of things are tools for people to do bad things, guns, whatever, right? Movies, guns, drugs, alcohol, they can all have a bad result. It's more than just that object or that thing that's causing the problem, right? So a serial killer might say, well, I looked at pornography. So then we can go, oh, well, pornography turns people into serial exactly. killers. But the majority of people that watch pornography are not serial killers. They never do any of that, right? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of factors that play into it. And in terms of this movie gave somebody an idea. Okay. Well, they had other ideas too. They're just not that creative. And they thought. If you want to talk statistics, how many millions of people watched that movie and didn't cut off their wife's head and eat her face? I think we got a pretty good statistic here. If there's only one guy out of millions of people. Right. Right. So, I mean, like, it's the same thing. There's this push right now to never show anybody smoking in a movie. Like, even if it's true to the period. And it's really dumb to me because, first of all, teenagers are not going to see a period piece where people are smoking. (laughs) But, you know, when I see Ray Fine smoking in The English Patient, I didn't go, wow, that's sexy. I'm going to go get some cigarettes. Yeah. There's a whole series of factors that led to this teenager smoking, and it had nothing to do with The English Patient or. Have you watched any of the reruns now of Friends? No. Have you ever watched those? In the first few seasons of Friends, they had Chandler saying that everyone was trying to get Chandler not to smoke, which was pretty funny because five out of the six people on the show smoked in real life. Mm-hmm. 
but they're like, Chandler, it's disgusting. And da, 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 da. And he's like, I'm tired of you talking about your cancer and everything smells. And I'm going to, he goes, the bottom line is smoking is cool. And you know it. Um, I wonder if they've cut that out, you know, because you have to warn about smoking. I right. imagine a sales pitch for smoking is probably not going to go over very well right now. You know, I don't know if you're a fan of the star Wars movies, but you know, it was like E.T. and Star Wars and all this where Lucas yeah, where they're- wanted to go back and remove all the guns. And it's like, okay, the guns in E.T. were being carried by like military people and it was essential to the plot. They wanted to and- take the guns away from E.T. But that was part yeah. of why we knew those military guys were evil. Right, the government right, people. right. So they were trying to do re-edits of all their movies to take all the guns out. And it's like, what are they gonna do men in black where they just use harsh language instead of yeah. actually like yeah. we're gonna have to break like, you down emotionally <laughs> remember like, when that'll be the thing when when james and curtis are the what was it we called him a couple of episodes back when james was gonna verbally eviscerate he's the verbal right, eviscerator while, while curtis held him down <laughs> <laughs> verbal <Yeah>. eviscerators <laughs> do you remember that's one of my top 10 top five movies of all time is aliens alien was great aliens yeah. was a completely different movie so you like that movie they had guns in it were yes did you want to go when out they took and... away the ammunition and that one guy goes what are we supposed to use harsh language i yeah. love that line like he's like oh you can't fire in here because it's a nuclear reactor so i have to take yeah. away all their magazines anyway yeah um, i just saw james bond this weekend like you have to have guns in was james it good bond. Yeah, it was great. It was. I really heard it was good. really good. It's supposed to be it was really, really, really good. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I don't think that movies make us do things. I'm not saying movies don't influence us at all. I mean, obviously, well, that's part of what do. I was saying. Like, yeah. How much of it is we're desensitized because of this, or is it you know half dozen of one? You know, uh, six the, the woman hanging like, from the fence is because it was mm-hmm. Halloween. I mm-hmm. th- on any day of the week, if I saw a woman hanging from the fence, I would definitely um be like holy crap there's a woman hanging from the fence but if it was halloween in the middle of a neighborhood with the tons of decorations and you know maybe i might pass it by and just be like wow that's cool decoration i mean that's yeah. horrible that that happened but we can't yeah. i mean is that is that what it's come to we've got to like you know get a baseball bat and slowly walk towards somebody's decorations to make sure it's not real <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. Do we? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know what? Maybe. And I'm not a ultra sensitive person or politically correct, but maybe it is fair in a an area where kids are and stuff to have some sort of warning or disclaimer. You know, just like like the true. thing in Tennessee, a little sign that says, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't true. think that takes away from it. Just a little notice, hey. But then, if you're diabolical fucking psychopathic and you put a notice put a dead body there and put a sign up that says there's no no way around it serial killers run everything basically in the holiday motherfuckers (laughs) so i've got a couple of more people who were not halloween decor that were mistaken for halloween decor okay and uh there is a a, um can you imagine if that's on your tombstone beloved wife mistaken for halloween decor oh that's terrible Terrible. you can cut that out so let me finish (laughs) or keep it in i don't care that's what i want that's what i want on my tombstone (laughs) beloved friend wife mistaken for halloween decor (laughs) 
and then of course on your door you'll have my severed head with the Put on your hand Frank. it's, it's going to be like a pez dispenser for kids <laughs> what if what if your gravesite was just emojis with like a little ghost emoji <laughs> like a scared face emoji yeah um, i mean there's that's that's the thing too like do you remember the garbage pail kids i can't believe that was ever a thing yeah that was horrible i'm surprised there's not like serial trick serial killer trading cards and crap like that that well, i think there are are there yeah I think so. it's just kind of like collecting swastika it's like the memorabilia people, and stuff. people yeah. keep it to themselves uh-huh uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah um so this case of this by the way let me finish this rebecca cade case um they did arrest somebody uh named danny who cares motherfucker asshole um, and he's charged on one count of murder, which, hey, if your last name is motherfucker, asshole, you're probably going to go to prison for something. That's a ridiculous hyphenation. Like when you go, when you That'd go past awesome. the two, two names. Your mom probably should have hyphenated if her name just was. Been motherfucker, but motherfucker <laughs> asshole is just too far. A bridge too, too far. Yeah, bridge too far. So they had some level of altercation, like where she was, they, I don't know. They don't know if it started in the field or or that's just where she was, where he approached her. He hit her with the rock and started beating her with it and she managed to get away. And those kinds of stories are really awful. Just think like, you know, he saw her caught there. He could have realized what he was doing and changed his mind and gone a different direction and helped her. Or he could have, you know, but he probably walked up to her and saw she was dying and walked off, you know, like a fucking asshole. Well, um, there's two other cases of people who were there were dead bodies that were mistaken as halloween decor these two were not murderers they died by suicide and one of them was a man who had shot himself and he was out there for days slumped over his balcony after he shot himself before anybody realized that it was really a dead body and there was a woman um, who hanged herself like in a pretty crowded street um where people were walking by and driving by and everyone who drove by for like days thought that that was just a Halloween decoration. Now, let me just say this. Someone hanging by a noose, I don't care if you fucking live in the swamps of Louisiana, is not a funny Halloween decoration. So if you see somebody hanging by a noose, fucking call 911. I get the dead body hit by the garage or a safe fell on them and they're whatever. Right. But fucking you need to leave the noose alone. Just the noose needs to have its it's in the rear view mirror. Yeah. And all due respect to the guy Novak in Dallas, when I look at the pictures of his stuff, it's pretty fantastical. Like um the the hatchet in the head or the chainsaw or all that. I mean, this would definitely be like murders from a movie like mm-hmm. also if it happened you would hear you would you would hear like at the chainsaw and the the people screaming and all that so i i don't think he crossed the line i just think people i mean good for oh i see what you're people. saying I, yeah i agree with that I agree so with that. I, that was one yeah. thing i was saying before about halloween decorations yeah i yeah. do think you've gone too far when you try to make it look real so there's a way that you could set up decorations in your front yard where it looked like real dead people versus something from a slasher film, which is like hyper-realistic. Like blood doesn't really look the way it looks in that. I I just think that maybe some people- I agree. I, think, I think you're right. I think our guy, Novak, who was, 
immature for his age, which I love that line. Right. That's what I might name this episode. Um, that he's onto something where it's so over the top that it it's not like it looks like a man and a woman struggling with a knife in the front yard, you know, because right. Oh, oh my gosh. So about seven or eight years ago, and this was in Waco, I believe. I'm 90% sure it was your hometown, where a, a man who owned a um I want to say spray paint, like for a truck or a car. What's the word I'm looking for? Is it body painting? Yeah, body painting. Okay, so he did- Auto body. Auto body, thank you, auto body. And so he painted, the tailgate of his truck is up. Mm -hmm. He painted such a realistic, three-dimensional looking woman tied up with her hands behind her back and a gag in her mouth that people driving behind him called 911 thinking there was a woman in the back of his truck. That's how realistic it looked. And he was essentially wearing it like a, you know, look how great I am at this painting that I can do anything I want on a car and it looks real. But then for me, that's like, okay, the callousness of violence against women, like, that's not funny. If you wanted to paint something realistic that made people look two or three times, you could do something funny. It doesn't have to be something that has to do with literally kidnapping a woman, you know, that's not funny ever, you know? Um, Yeah, I mean- I get it. Some people are more sensitive than others. And, you know, when you have kids too, maybe you don't want your kids to see that, but there's a total difference between that and having someone hanging from a noose in a tree, you know what I mean? On your property or making something look realistic, like the, like the example that you were giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are just in poor taste. Um, we don't have a right to not be offended. What I'm trying to say is people are going to offend you. It's not against the law for someone to offend you. It's just important. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. That's okay, what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay. okay I, th- yes. I feel like a yes. lot of people, yes. this, there's a lot of people now that feel like they have a right to always be in a safe space and to never be offended. And to never feel offended. Yeah. Yes. Like the Demi, Lo- Dem- was it Demi Lovato who didn't like yeah. saying fat free yogurt? <laughs> he was triggered by the word fat I mean, free. Yeah. There's a long road ahead of you, girl. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> So sometimes you're not going to like people's Halloween decor. That doesn't mean anything, really. It's just you don't like it. It offends you. And and like the guy that had the hogtied woman in the back of his truck is an asshole, right? But he has a right to do it. It's poor yeah. taste. I just am never going to him for, you know, body work on my car. Like okay, No, no. And know? we also have a right to bitch about him, too, and say we think he's an asshole. Yeah. The Waco auto body guy, you're an asshole. <laughs> Santa. We're gonna change your name to motherfucker asshole. Motherfucker <laughs> asshole. Motherfucker dash asshole. Yeah, right. Um, so I met somebody the other day, by the way. I met somebody who has listened to my podcast and didn't know me and just put it together. Interesting. He, uh-huh. Have you had that happen yet? No. And he's like, Oh, what do you do? I go, I have a podcast. Oh, what's it called? And I told him, he goes, I've listened to your show. I was like, what? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That and is cool. So that's my way of taking a turn to start wrapping things up. Yes. Oh. That's not where I thought we were going with today, but I think it's really interesting. Where did you think we were going? Now I want to know. I had no idea. I said, I want to do Halloween decor and that's all you knew, right? That's all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a whole thing on like the history of Halloween, which I, I knew a little bit had to do with like the Celts and everything, you know, that Halloween originally, by the way, was carried over as an adult holiday and then that paper company is what turned it into a kid's thing 
which I thought was kind of interesting, you know, because originally that yeah. wasn't what it was about. And now we've commandeered it back for adults to, you know, for us women to dress slutty and hoary. And uh, when else do yeah. we get to do that? It makes sense because Halloween's like the scary holiday for adults and Christmas was the scary holiday for kids. Oh, oh Krampus and all that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Because Santa would like torture you or something. Yeah. Or, he had his had, like sidekick center, center class or. Yes. There, then there's one like Sweden or Norway where you have to like take a naked bath with your family. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot that's, of, yeah. So it's that. probably a toss up as to which holiday is actually more frightening. Right. Although yeah. I don't think any dead bodies get mistaken for Christmas decorations. We can always look that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good way to cover up murder. If you kill somebody, just stick them in your chimney with their legs taken out. People think, what a cute little Santa, you know, display. I think it'll start to stink, though. You might want to come up with something uh, else. That's the story Phoebe Cates told in Gremlins. I was like, that's the worst fucking story ever. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's how I found out there was no Santa. It's also how you found out that your dad was dead. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm actually pretty frightened by nativity scenes, so. I agree. We need to do a whole thing on that. Yeah. Oh my favorite um are you ready to wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up okay so this is okay so i've had nothing but queso since i've been here in texas by the way <laughs> nothing but queso that's all i eat i want some queso um huh? i want some queso well go make yourself some queso okay i will there's a place over here that does green chili queso oh my god some of my california people who flew down here for uh, the pilot they were eating that they were like what is this magical thing? I was like, I know it's so funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so thank you for listening. Let me remind you real quick. Stay tuned for the next couple minutes. A preview of one of my ghost stories, a Halloween story, for our next bonus episode. Uh, we'll release it Halloween night or the night before, I think. Uh, other than that, please, you know, listen to our podcast. Give us five stars. Give us a nice review. I haven't looked at that. I don't know if anybody's even given us any reviews. I haven't looked lately. So no, I haven't looked either. Uh, if you write us a review and give us five stars, we'll read it on the show. You can send are you going to whisper? Are you going to whisper the story? Or are you going to say it in like normal voice? Am I going to ASMR this bitch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one of your stories should be ASMR. <laughs> I'll crinkle some paper as I read it. it and I'll break up with myself because it's so annoying. It was evening. <laughs> <laughs> Never all right i beg of you um okay go to our website fear this podcast.com uh, life changing content totally life changing and we're out of here is that gonna be our new sign off <laughs> that's awful i'm just re- <laughs> i'm never listening to this again if that's our new sign off sorry all right see y'all later bye He goes into the kitchen to pour himself a cup of coffee and he hears his wife on the baby monitor. She's singing to the baby, cooing to the baby. As he's pouring himself the cup of coffee, he hears his wife say, You'll always be mine. He freezes when he hears the garage door. And a few minutes later, his wife 
walks into the kitchen. 